welcome to episode 66 of Yins Are Good, the podcast that shares and celebrates all of the good stuff going on out there and all of those good people who are making that good stuff happen. I am your host, Tressa Glover, and I hope you have had a good week or so. Thank you for tuning in and joining us for some good news today. I got to tell you, a very good friend, a very old, very dear, very beloved friend, uh, reminded me of something this past week, and I want to share it with you. So these past few weeks, I have wildly overbooked myself with work, as I know many, if not all of you, will relate to. And this friend sent me a simple message that said, don't lose sight of the fact that Vienna waits for you. Well, first of all, uh, for those of you who may not be familiar, that is a song by Billy Joel that was released in 1977. And I, I'm going to give a little background here, the meaning of it. But when I read that message, it it hit me like a ton of bricks, really, and made me emotional as well. So as the story goes, as far as where the song comes from, so Billy Joel, his dad, lived in Vienna. So I, in, he was um, a young child when his dad left and went to live in Vienna. And so Billy was in his early 20s when he went to visit him there. And as he would tell it later, quote, so I go to visit my father in Vienna. I'm walking around this town and I see this old lady. She must have been about 90 years old and she is sweeping the street. I say to my father, what's this nice old lady doing sweeping the street? He says, she's got a job. She feels useful. She's happy. She's making the street clean. She's not put out to pasture. As Billy continued, we treat old people in this country pretty badly. We kind of kick them under the rug and make believe they don't exist. They don't feel like that. In a lot of these older places in the world, they value their older people and their older people feel like they can still be a part of the community. He would go on to say about the song that it was an observation that you have your whole life to live. A lot of people in their 20s think they have to get it all together by their 30s. You have an entire life to live. The lyrics slow down, you crazy child. In other words, you have a whole life. We tend to put older people away and it's all about young people. Well, wait a minute. Why do I have this whole lifespan? What's the point of it? Some people will get there sooner and some people will get there later. Slow down. You're going to be fine. No matter what you do, be good at it. And whenever you get there, you get there. And I thought I would just share some of the lyrics now. Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile. But then if you're so smart, tell me, why are you still so afraid? Where's the fire? What's the hurry about? You better cool it off before you burn it out. You got so much to do and only so many hours in a day. But you know that when the truth is told, that you can get what you want, or you can just get old. You're going to kick off before you even get halfway through. When will you realize Vienna waits for you? Slow down. You're doing fine. You can't be everything you want to be before your time. Although it's so romantic on the borderline tonight. Too bad, but it's the life you lead. You're so ahead of yourself that you forgot what you need. Though you can see when you're wrong, you know you can't always see when you're right. You got your passion, you got your pride, but don't you know that only fools are satisfied? Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true. When will you realize Vienna waits for you? Slow down, you crazy child. Take the phone off the hook and disappear for a while. It's all right. You could afford to lose a day or two. When will you realize Vienna waits for you? And you know that when the truth is told, that you can get what you want or you can just get old. You're going to kick off before you even get halfway through. Why don't you realize 
Vienna waits for you. When will you realize Vienna waits for you? So that was very powerful uh, to me, for me this week. And I thought maybe some of you may have needed to hear that as well. You're doing fine. You're doing good. And take a minute, please, to tell yourself that. And if you'd also like to take a minute and send us a message, send us an email sharing with us a story of yours. Is there someone in your life you want to thank for making your life better? Is there a moment that you are so grateful for? An act of kindness? Any of these and more? Email us here at yinsaregood at gmail.com and you know I'll share it on the show. What am I sharing on the show today? That's the question. Well, very exciting things, that's for sure. I am psyched. So first, I had the distinct pleasure of traveling to the Strip District to chat with the founders and owners of Love Pittsburgh, the awesome gift shop that curates gifts made by Pittsburgh-based artists and makers. Hooray! So I spoke with Kelly Sanders and Monica Yope. Oh my gosh, they're fabulous. We had a ball. So you're going to hear about their shop, how it all got started, so many cool things. So that is coming up. Also, you're going to hear the rest of my chat with Lindsay Disler of Victory Farms CSA out there in Zelianople. What a great time I had there. All these little field trips of mine. (laughs) And of course, all right, name that neighborhood. You know what's going to happen. And Don, again, waiting in the wings. Let's see how he does this week. And I think we're ready for it. Yes? Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're here. And let's get to it. Let's get to the good stuff. Love it. <laughs> if you need more light, I guess we could open the door and look. This is our other display window. Oh my gosh! People come walk by and like see us. <laughs> can I pretend? Can I just like pretend to be a mannequin in there? Yeah. That's what can I, I want to do. Like, like, like just <laughs> totally. <laughs> my sister is really not shy, and we were hoping one day we could hire her just to like. Oh my be that god! Person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love this idea. So, can we can we just start? Um, let's set this here. See what happens. You just tell us about each of you a little bit about your backgrounds. Okay. Um, I'm Kelly Sanders, mm-hmm. co-owner of Love Pittsburgh. Um, I grew up in the South Hills in Pleasant Hills. Yeah. I went to WVU. I ended up having a career as a clothing designer in New York City for about 20 years, and a little bit in San Francisco for a few years. And a little over seven years ago, I decided to move back to Pittsburgh because um, my mom wasn't doing well and my daughter was starting middle school. And so navigating the public school system in New York City at that time was challenging once you get out of grade school. So I moved back and it was a little difficult to find a way to continue my career. So I started exploring other things and I started making, um, gosh, I don't even have one here, upcycled fabric notebooks called Too Many Sparkles. And so I was... (laughs) (laughs) The name. (laughs) And so then I was doing some work for a friend's company. Oh, there's one. Oh, Oh, Monica has one. (laughs) Too Many Sparkles notebook. I love that. (laughs) So finding like a new way to use unwanted fabric and turning it into something new. And I love notebooks and I love fabric, so I put them together. So I found myself at a Pittsburgh Technology Council event um, as I was working for a friend's company, as I was trying to figure out what I was doing in Pittsburgh, and I was making notebooks, and I was trying to help them get into the Pittsburgh market called Space Jump Media. And so I was at a technology, Pittsburgh Technology Council event, and I met Monica there, serendipitously. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> 
So would you like to take it over? Oh, I love it. Yeah. So I'll like I'll do the rewind and to, we'll reconvene at that point. Um, so yeah. So I grew up in Pittsburgh as well. Bethel Park was where I grew up and went to school, and then I went to Pitt, worked at Heinz for seven or eight years in procurement and project management, and then went off on my own and I started a small business called Popcraft where I taught pop-up crafting workshops. So like like a paint night, but with crafting instead. Yeah. And so that was a lot of fun. And um, I was part of a co-create program that was from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And so um, it was like this creative side to the Tech Council, which was really unusual. And so, um, as Kelly said, we kind of came together at this event where we were two creative people in the room and just really hit it off. And one of the first conversations we had was about wishing there was a place that we could shop that when we knew it was local, uh, like Pittsburgh artists, and also like year round because obviously like markets, handmade arcade or things that happen in the summertime are great, but it's you couldn't just go there at any time you pleased. Mm -hmm. And so, we just kind of stayed connected and visited each other's studios and that sort of thing. And then I was um, looking for a physical location for my pop craft business because I was just popping up at different bars. And I looked at a storefront in Mount Washington and I was like, you know what, this would be like better as a gift shop. Like, I don't want it. Like, I passed on it. And then like a week or two later, um, I told Kelly, I'm like, want to open a gift shop <laughs> and she was interested and so here we are we we just did it at we only knew each other for like a few months yeah not very well yeah. so it was wow. like full on following your gut and yeah listening to your heart I don't know yeah I'm so grateful because it's five years later now and we're sitting across from each other building and dreaming and scheming and like it's all been <laughs> it's all been so positive so yeah yeah, yeah. I love it. And literally, I mean, you, you share, you're sharing an office space. I mean, you're very close, you're, you know, I mean. We just started working out together. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. It's all good, though. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, five years. And how many spaces now that you have? Or how many? Yeah, we have three. Yeah, we went three. from Mount Washington was the original. Um, yeah. Less than a year after that, we opened downtown. And then just this past October, so not quite a year. Mm -hmm. uh, approaching a year will be in this strip district location. We're very grateful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like this this location has, I mean, it blew our minds how successful it is. And it's just, the strip di district is such a destination in Pittsburgh. Like, mm -hmm. everybody's like, where should I go? And they all come here. And so there's just constant foot traffic. Yeah. Yeah. And so please tell the listeners, if they don't know, where exactly you are in the strip district of ours. Well, you go ahead. Yeah, well, so it's 1728 Penn Avenue. So we are like right in the heart of the strip district. We're just up the street from Woolies. That's probably the most yes. recognizable landmark. But um, for people who are familiar with Parma Sausage, we are occupying the Parma Sausage storefront. They move next door. Um, so we get a lot of customers looking for Parma Sausage. <laughs> <laughs> like, like open the door and look in and they're just like so perplexed and we're like parma and they're like yeah and then they just like redirect them yeah. like, where's the sausage we're looking so, for the sausage yeah it is good sausage it, <laughs> yes, is. it is yeah and like true. to have a local landlord we're so yeah. we're so grateful because we've, we've been wanting to be down here for years and we've explored a lot of opportunities and nothing felt right and it was just this vision we were actually having a beer and a picnic table, the lot next door at 1700. Mm -hmm. And Monica pointed to this building and was like, that's what I want. And literally a week later I drove by and there was a for lease sign in the window. And I didn't even tell you yet. And I just called the number and then I told you, and it's like, it was all meant to be. Really I got chills yeah. when you said that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. I understand universe. We got it. <laughs> we got it. So, and can I ask, how did you, how did you come up with the name? Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember the, I wish I had the exact moment because I am very mm -hmm. sensory with smell and light and music and all that, but 
I think I felt like I just woke up and I just thought love, comma, Pittsburgh. So everything that we carried was a gift from Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that and talk about when you're saying all Pittsburgh artists, because yeah. this is, so tell us about it. Yeah. I mean, it's our, totally our mission is to support local artists and that's, so we've, from the get-go decided that like, we will only carry people who are based in Pittsburgh and we've grown it from I think 40 when we first opened um, to over, we always say over 100, it's probably more like 120 right now is where we're really at. Um, but yeah, everyone that we carry is uh, based in Pittsburgh and we try as much as we can even if it's not just like um, a product we're carrying but you know just photographers or what other services you know could we use like local people for as well um so yeah we're just super about supporting the local economy and yes. you know keeping the money within pittsburgh yeah, yeah. and okay so what types of i know another big question but what types <laughs> of gifts and it's i mean when you walk in from the second you walk in you do you just feel kind of engulfed by, maybe that's a negative sounding word. <laughs> oh my God, I'm engulfed. Um, there are too many things. No, but in the, in the best way, when you walk in, the, the variety of. So yeah, so what are the, the different types of things you have? I mean, even just like you saying that made me flashback. I used to work in the downtown store more frequently. We don't work in the stores as much because we're always like managing things and meeting and doing so many other things. But I just have a lot of memories of a, a lot of visitors that would come through the downtown store and you'd say, yeah, everything is locally made. And they'd be like, really? I'm like, really? And they'd be like, even the cards? And I'm like, yes, really? Like they're made locally. And they would like almost challenge like every single thing and I'm, have to like tell the story, which, which is one of the things we love to do and love the team to do is to tell the stories of all the artists that we carry. Yeah. So thinking of the range, like stationery and cards is like one big category that we have. Um, we carry, we, we were a little bit worried about carrying apparel down here because we're surrounded by like other t-shirts on this, on the sidewalks, but we still like sell tees and accessories and that kind of thing pretty well down here. Um, so adjacent to that is like jewelry. Um, we have a whole kids section. So onesies and some little small wooden toys and books. Um, what other sections? We have a, like a really big home section. So within mm -hmm. that would be our mugs and our tea towels, but then like salts and jams and chocolates and sweets. Um, and then I, I feel like probably our biggest home category is candles. Yeah. I mean, everybody mm -hmm. loves a candle. So many kinds of candles. Candle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. we just launched a trio of candles inspired by the Sisters Bridges. So there's yes. a Warhol candle, um, uh, Roberto Clemente candle, and Rachel. Car Car I always say Carlson, but it's Carson candle. So that's cool. And the scents are inspired by who they are, who they represent. So we'll have to go smell them after this. I I was gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna leave right now to go find this. Okay. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. Did I miss any categories? No, those are those are it. Yeah, ornaments Ooh. maybe. Just throw in the oh, ornaments. ornaments. <laughs> just like, gotta it's, have. Yeah, it's on the brain because we're like already thinking about holiday, but people collect ornaments like year round because we get so many visitors, and that's a common thing that people will like take home with them. Is like oh, you know, they get an ornament from different places they go. So I don't know. <laughs> it's on the brain. <laughs> I, I feel like to tack onto that too. When we first opened. We did not have ornaments, we did not have postcards, we did not have magnets, and those were like the things that we found everybody would be coming in and asking us for, so we immediately yeah. got into product development and sourcing and like made sure we had all that stuff available mm -hmm. like within a month. Yeah, the tours, I know when we go away, John's here with us listeners, but I didn't say that. <laughs> but it's always, I'm one of those, well, ornaments, but magnets, that's the thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So we like all over our fridge, we have, you know, all the places we've been. Yeah. That's great. And then, yeah, the things you realize in the new space or in the new neighborhood. And so, we, and you mentioned like our own spaces too. We also like have strip to strip specific things here and Mount Washington specific things there. So if you really want to get hyper local, like I visited the strip district in Pittsburgh, we have a sticker for you, get a t-shirt yeah. for you. Yeah. Candle even. Yeah. yeah. Just, what? Just yeah. What? Wow. <laughs> Amazing. So how do artists reach out to you 
and say, can I, you know, how does that work? Or do you ever hear of folks or do you see an artist work somewhere and go, oh my gosh, we'd love to have them in the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is a combination of all of those things. I mean, when we were first starting, we were, you know, we had a really great community of artists that we already knew. And so those were like the first people who we started working with. And we would go to different arts and craft shows like Handmade Arcade or, you know, different markets. And um, we will still do that and find people that way. But we have um, a way for people to apply to be in our stores on our website and they can submit photos and all their information and you know since we are like extreme sticklers about like you have to be local to Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. like you know you have to send us your address and like (laughs) verify like you're not really from some other place um but yeah so it's I think now we are probably getting more applications and we can't always take everyone because we really want to make sure that our product mix, you know, it isn't just being duplicated and, you know, it's something that we don't currently offer. It's something unique or would mm-hmm. fit with our customer, but we're always open and we are always adding things like, <laughs> especially lately, I feel like we've been adding so many new so much. artists and makers, so many new, new products. It's just, it's going to be a good holiday. We're going to have a lot of new variety. So it's very exciting. Can I just add to like mm-hmm. some of the favorite people that we add as artists are our own employees. Mm-hmm. We have so many people on the team that are creative or maybe have like a side hustle. And yeah. so we have Cecil Street Knots, who's Jeanette on our team, who does macrame and knotted, um, I don't know, what's, what am I trying to say? Um. Knotted string? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she knots like rope it feels and, weird. and yeah, into like different wristlets or she also does like wall hanging pieces different art pieces like that oh cool so that's just one person but like probably even half of our team will make something or at least even contribute a product idea and we're like that's such a great idea and then we'll go out and we'll find it so everybody on the team contributes yeah that's rare Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i mean i'm sure i don't have to tell you that yeah lots of value from from many different ways Yeah. yeah And one more thing with the artists, when you say Pittsburgh area, is there a mileage? That's a good question. Is there a radius? We've never drawn a map. We just, we do have one outlier, I feel like, but we kind of made an exception for the toffee, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Because they're not 100% Pittsburgh, but they're toffee, they're in Ligonier. But Mm. I feel like, uh, uh, like if you said Ligonier, would you think Pittsburgh? Maybe I don't know. But it's close like, enough. Our, I feel our like criteria you, is yeah. like if you were if you're traveling, you were somewhere else like in the country, and people asked you where you're from, you would say I'm from Pittsburgh. You know, because it's I like totally get that. Uh, the place the the main region. So it's like yeah. yeah, we don't have an exact like mileage or radius, but it's just like you know you have to be close enough. Yeah, <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. But scamps scamps toffee. If you've ever had it, you'll mm. understand like why we carry it. It's so good. good. Say no more. Yeah. Getting the toffee. This is great. This is great. So I'll be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there anything that you can say you love most about all of this? Oh my gosh, I feel like so grateful to be loving every day. Like, uh, every day, every day, like, is a joy to like wake up and like, what are we doing today? And it's not work. It's so fun. Cause it feels good from end to end and everything in between, whether it's like meeting with an artist one day, meeting with the team the next day, working in the store one day, changing out a window display, oh, like writing purchase orders. I mean, I wrote so many orders yesterday, but it felt so good that like we're putting all this money locally, like right back into like the artists that we love. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sorry. That was a very long-winded answer. I love all of it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I 100% all those things. It's just like the... (laughs) Every day is different. Um, I feel like, especially lately, we've been developing more products, and it's just like that kind of creative side. You get to help bring something, you know, from nothing into the world, and that's kind of cool. And, um, yeah, our team is amazing. Like, we couldn't have... A better team we're like extremely lucky it doesn't feel like work yeah it's it's just very much it's very fulfilling i'm very thankful yeah, yeah. 
doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> I know, seriously. No, I mean, no, we, we both had corporate careers, so it's yeah. so good. Yeah. We actually went to an event, and like, you kind of get to see the corporate world again, like, but from our new eyes, and we're like, oh, I'm so happy that we had the opportunity to like do something smaller and intentional, and a lot. I mean, of course, there's stress, but the stress is not like unnecessary stress. Yeah, we we both work in corporate. Like, we're not gonna be as rich as we as are financially, but like, we are like, I feel like I'm so much richer in like so many other ways. But it is just like, don't, you don't even think about it, yeah. you know. So it's um yeah, it's super it's super f- fulfilling and like yeah, just thankful every day that we get to do this. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing, and for I mean, oh my gosh, for all of these artists. For the people of Pittsburgh, it's such and the and the surrounding areas. Um, <laughs> the, but with what you're doing, it's just it's really wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you for talking. Let's go. Let's go look at all the yeah. Yes, let's take a little tour. Yay! I don't even know if we have the toffee in stock after I hyped it up. <laughs> well, I can come back. It's true. It's true. I have to pose in your window. So there are many things next time. On the hunt for toffee. Yeah. Sorry, we don't it's have right. right now. I will definitely right. let you know and I'll get you some when oh it's back in stock. Oh my gosh. Let me know. Cause I, yeah, okay. I will come down and oh, I will. So yeah, we're kind of in the home zone. So it kind yeah. of makes sense once you like walk around everywhere. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. This is where you see all the spices and sauces and sweets. This best ever granola, have you had that? No. It is amazing. It's not just like, you know, a label. It truly is the best ever granola. <laughs> and then it's cool that we, I mean, I know they're right next door, but Parma lets us carry a couple of their sausages because we have a Pittsburgh Loves Parma box that we put together. We have um, probably like five gift boxes yeah. that we sell. And so one of them features their sausage. So that, okay, so if people are wondering, can they, is, oh, online. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about online. We didn't talk about online. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and naturally, just see what happens. So what, yeah, where can folks find you online? LovePittsburghShop.com. So this box that you're talking about are boxes that you have. So is that something online you can find? Can you also get them here? We can put one together for you here if we have all, every, all the items in stock, but it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to buy it online. But we also have in-store pickups, so you could buy something online and then select pickup and then just pick it up in the store, and we can make it for you behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, right. so yeah, we have five or six custom-made ones. We have holiday ones that are going to be coming out, you know, within a few months. And mm-hmm. we also um, have a Hello Neighbor one that we launched last holiday season. And we do n- donate a portion of the sales to Hello Neighbor. So there's, like, nice to, like, stick in charity aspects to a lot of the work that we do. So, yeah. You just keep going with the good stuff. <laughs> and Hello Neighbor is going to be on the show in September. No way! Yeah! Yes, yeah. Sloan. Oh, we just met with them this morning about... No. Nope. Not Sloan, though. It was with Daniel. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, my they're gosh. Awesome. Yeah. They're so great. So if folks are wondering also if they're... Oh, I see a Three Rivers cookbook. Yes. We have, you know, you have the mugs. You have that say Nebby. We got the Pittsburghese going, which I love. So, folks, Nebby, if you don't know, is um, the Pittsburgh version of basically, basically being nosy. And I love the work because it sounds like what it is, like to neb. I don't know. But that, to me, it makes sense. There's a mural. Did this was... We had this Daniel Baxter. He's the artist behind Creepy Dolls. Do you know the Creepy Dolls? Um, no. To see what we have. We even have them in stock. We have a few. It'll be like a toffee all over again. Okay, no. Oh, there's a basket of Creepy Dolls. So. Oh, isn't that a sentence that I've never <laughs> said in my life, or hopefully not? Okay. So he upcycles fabric and turns unwanted fabric into dolls, and he gives them all amazing names. So this is Charlotte Deville. Oh my gosh, these are so. Book Bear. So like, I feel like the names is like what helps tell the story of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh, and they're not name? creepy at all. Filthy Pete. Filthy Pete. <laughs> actually cute no they're really cute i didn't know what we were gonna get into here oh they're so aw so daniel painted the mural for us Mm -hmm. and if you look at it you can kind of see there's like little creepy dolls i see their feet yeah (laughs) little i spy (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's great. So some other technical things. So when are you open? In the strip district, we're open every day. Um, we are open now Monday through Thursday is 10 to 5. Friday and Saturday, we have extended hours. So we're open 9 to 6. And Sunday is 10 to 4. Okay. Good memory. Yeah. I know. I really, <laughs> that was I really had to think about that one. And then uh, downtown, we're open every day. 11 to 5, except for Sundays when we close at 4. And Mount Washington is every day 11 to 6, except for Sundays close at 4. This is great. Okay, listeners, you got to come down. Please give us that address one more time. Yeah, Strip District is 1728 Penn Avenue. Or online. Or online. 24-7. Yes, you know it. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for all you're doing. Love you, it. You have the best energy. Oh Feels really gosh. good. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. And now we head on over to Zelianople for part two of my chat with Lindsay Dessler of Victory Farms CSA. So when we left off last episode, <laughs> Lindsay was taking me over to a different part of the farm. One of the really cool things that, you know, Shane, my partner, who's an electrician, part of IBEW Local 5, uh, and I always talk about, is how infrastructure and like nature don't have to be at odds mm. and uh, you know good infrastructure also helps like to, to, i mean this farm has a ton of infrastructure we're looking at some serious infrastructure right now yes of a retention pond oh um we're at a pond don and becky almost went out of business mm. uh early on because of a drought and so they worked with a PA conservation society to build this retention pond. And the way this retention pond sits, it's surrounded by all organic land. So that way, you know, as water is moving down through the soil, it's like getting that like extra filtering and not going through any like conventional agricultural land and picking up pesticides or anything. So yeah. it's all going through organic land. It all comes down into this retention pond and it's lined with bentonite clay. And a few years ago, they noticed that there was a little bit of a leak. So they put bottom feeders in. And as the bottom feeders eat along the ground, they press the mud back down and help seal uh, leaks. Oh, my. Right? Okay. okay. See, a, talk, a beautiful is... nature and infrastructure example. And so, you know. That's a mic drop this, moment. Right? It's <laughs> like, and there. This yeah, is like... what irrigates the farm. Uh, there's a, like spillway because like a lot of uh agricultural ponds the issue they have is you know sometimes they'll be low but often more they'll burst their banks mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. if you don't have a good like spillway or anything like that it can cause a lot of environmental damage but this one has like a really nice uh spillway for if the water gets too high mm -hmm. that integrates with the little creek back here that's really cool let's oh, to the creek to the <laughs> There's so, wow. like, you'll see beautiful iridescent, uh, like, dragonflies. And, like, as you get later in the season, you'll see a lot of, like, amphibians, like, toads and stuff like that, which <laughs> are a really good sign of a healthy ecosystem. Uh, it's, it's like working at Nature Planet. <laughs> this is, I was going to say. Now, do you live close by? Do you live? I live in Swissvale. So you live in Swissvale. Oh, yeah. so I thought before you were just using that as an example. And I was like, no, how funny. Yeah, so I, gotcha. I, I live in Swissvale. Okay. We've been renovating a house there for a couple years. Oh, nice. Uh, I really love Swissvale. It's a good community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that that way, you know, we commute up here, but I have a car that's meant to carry either produce or people. <laughs> okay. This uh, is milkweed. It's a part of the Monarch Trail. So monarchs will travel from Mexico all the way to Canada, yeah. and this is part of their trail. And so having 
milkweed is their food and a lot of milkweed is like endangered and all of that so or i remember hearing a while back that there was a lot of issues with milkweed mm -hmm. and so i get excited to see uh food for monarchs and monarchs on the farm because it means that they're able to use this as a pathway point in their trail so oh gosh, we try and see, make do sure you tend to see them there was just one Beautiful. a minute ago that's why i was like oh, oh my gosh this i missed it Oh, I'm sure we will see more. <laughs> you can really feel like kind of the squishiness of the ground here. Yeah. And, like, how much organic matter we're like walking on. Mm -hmm. And that, that again is like helping hold moisture. That's like kind of what you want your, your work. <laughs> yeah, right. it is. I mean, it's so, I was thinking that of how soft me or like how many, like I'm on a cushion when I'm walking. Meaning, right, there's so much underfoot. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite vegetable? Oh boy. I'm so bad at picking favorites of anything. Um, one, one of I'm gonna go. <laughs> it's good to challenge myself and make me pick. Okay, well, I'm a big fan. Well, the huge tomatoes, I'm just, I could eat them all day. I love tomatoes. Are they technically a fruit though? Is that a thing? That was always yeah, like the big question. Like Close enough. Okay, close enough. But also, I love zucchini. Ooh. Eggplants. Another one of those caps. All of them. <gasps> oh, really? We planted like 600 eggplants. Yeah. We have maybe four plants. Oh, no. I love how like big the trees are here because they haven't been like disturbed really. And yeah. like at least 40 years. <laughs> so we'll find like edible mushrooms in here from time to time, like chicken of the woods. Yeah. So how can you tell if they're edible mushrooms? Research. Research, okay, that's fair. Comparison, knowing what the, uh, the bad kind looks like and looking for, to make sure it doesn't share those qualities. Ah, yes, okay. Or like, a false morel mushroom, for example, like will have different, like it'll meet the base of the mushroom differently. Or oh, differently. okay. So like they'll look similar, but have different nuances. Yeah. And you kind of got to learn like false morels connect to the mushroom in this way and the taps of real morels connect in this way. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Did you get to grow up much in nature or somewhere? Um, well, I grew up in the North Hills, so we had, I used to play in the woods a lot, nice. just in general, but, um, yeah, even cause sometimes we would go, well, in the fall, we'd always go on a fall drive. My parents would take us and we would just like for a Saturday, the entire day, yeah. just drive through. And when I think of it now, it must've been Somerset, like maybe as far East as there. Yeah. But just to drive through, we would get out, you know, we would do things just kind of in nature like that. Yeah. Um, I always loved it. And so now it, it really is. So how much, so when you started, you know, when it became clear that you were going to take the reins, so to speak, mm -hmm. how comfortable, like you mentioned before that you had gardened and you, you know, personally at least, Yeah. but how much, how big was the learning curve or the learning curve is steep. <laughs> uh, the learning curve is very steep for a lot of different aspects. Yeah. A lot of math, physics. Oh, no. You gotta get more familiar with machines, business. Uh, like, each plant has like a how many pounds can you probably harvest from that per acre? What's how many hundreds of broccoli do you need per? 550 feet <laughs> like, oh right you know and it, so like there's fortunately a really good community that's made a lot of these resources like i'm not reinventing the wheel <laughs> uh and coming from like a labor background i'm like you know if i don't have a skill i will find someone with that skill. <laughs> yeah. and like figure out how we can you know create a mutually beneficial symbiotic relationship so it's not just like a one person operation yeah. Like, right. <laughs> like the idea is, you know, a healthy ecosystem has 
a lot of really diverse symbiotic relationships that help each other. And we don't see why that wouldn't also apply to our community. Mm. Um, and so like building these mutually beneficial symbiotic relationships is, you know, something we're focused on. And each person doesn't have to have the same skills. In fact, it's preferable if we have diversified skills because we can do more that way. Yeah, yeah. So. And learn from each other yeah. at the same time. And yeah. Oh my gosh. So we just emerged from what I would say more of the, you know, the wooded area by the pond. Now here we are. More open space. Oh my gosh. Right? What? There's so much. So all the way down this hill you can grow on. Uh, we're probably going to do winter squash back there next year. Oh, I love squash. Okay, I'm going to oh, keep picking your vegetables. Oh, we're about to walk through a squash field. <gasps> Yay. Uh, onions, leeks potatoes over here zucchini patty pan these are winter squashes we got some cucumbers and watermelons right here uh -huh, yes yeah. we'll walk holy up holy heck oh my god i have never seen this much rosemary in my life Me either. <laughs> like he's been working on this for 25 years 25 years yeah. oh it smells good in here it's like a sauna, rosemary sauna <laughs> when it's hot out. A rosemary sauna. So good. We got a bunch of bug people who like coming up here. Ton of prey mantises. Oh, really? Ton of prey mantises. This is, oh my gosh, so gorgeous. It's good for the soul. That's exactly, I was, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, that it's just. This is why I love having people up here. Or like. For volunteer days, just a tour. Like. I mean, what a way, you know, like you're looking to volunteer, you're looking to help, you know, locally, and then to for this to be where you come? Yeah, right? Are you kidding? Just the most intense beauty and you get food out of it? <laughs> Which definitely take some food. We have, again, too much. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. Right? It, it just, it is. Is there anything else you want folks to know? I think the big thing I really want folks to know and take away is like, we need people to get more involved with the process and supply chain of how their food comes to them in order to, just as a community, be more resilient to the future we're facing. Mm. And, you know, especially for fellow younger folks, we need more people who are willing to like try and learn all of these different regenerative farming techniques and grow in uh, like relationship with nature. We don't have to mm. have uh, humans are always bad with the environment type of view. We can evolve and adapt and grow together in these symbiotic relationships. And I think that's the only way we as a community are gonna survive climate change. Thank you so much. What a wonderful way to spend a couple of hours. I don't even know how long it's been. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Please take some food home. I'll give you a bag. Hey there, Don. Hey there, Tressa. Oh, my. <laughs> Welcome to Name That Neighborhood. <gasps> is it time? It is. Oh, it is. the here's installment, the thing. yeah. It is, and here's the thing. So this is episode 66. What? And I would like to call it our... Team Mario? Yes! Uh -huh. I was going to say our Lemieux yeah. episode. <laughs> so it is. 66, episode Lemieux, Electric Boogaloo. There it is. There it is. How are you? I'm fantastic. How yeah, are you? Yeah, I am wonderful as well. Yay. We're going to do this. We are going to do this. Um, and how fun was it going to love Pittsburgh? Oh, that was great. Wasn't it? Yeah. They're so They cool. were awesome. Yeah. We're going to go back. And a lot of cool wares. Yeah. At their establishment. Yeah. Yeah. Got a lot of good picks. A lot I of I got picks. a pin from my backpack. You did. Yeah. And we got a magnet. Yeah. Which we love. We love. 
We love, comma, Pittsburgh magnets. (laughs) Well, you're going to love, comma, this. (gasps) Mm, That didn't have the ring I thought it would. Oh, no. First of all, I'm just going to tell you right off the bat. Okay. There are only three statements of fact. What? It's true. (gasps) But uh, This this has never happened before. Or it happened last week. Wait, were there only three last week? <laughs> Was I there? I think so. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Um, because the excitement of there only being three, I understand. Sure. Just, and when we're at Orbis, everything gets a little bit. It does. Yeah. It does. Uh, so there are three. Okay. And the neighborhoods from which you are choosing for this name that neighborhood. Yes, ma'am. Ligonier. Mm-hmm. Or Bethel Park. Ooh. Uh-huh. Kind of opposite ends of the spectrum there. Yeah. And they they both have been on uh, this segment before. They both have been featured at, le- at least once. Wow. How about that? You know why I remember? No. Because... But Lig- I'm sure you're going <laughs> to tell me. <laughs> because Ligonier's Arboretum oh, was featured. Oh, and was mispronounced. Horrifically. And was mispronounced by yeah. myself. Thank you for the horrifically in case. Sure, for the fact checkers. Yeah. Um so yes, that's why I remember. Arboretum. Yes. Mm-hmm. I barely know him. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just get into it now. What do you think? I think so too. Okay. Number one. The surface facilities of the Coverdale Mine, which began its operations in the 1920s, stretched along what is now Industrial Boulevard in this neighborhood. Ligonier. band-aid how many weeks is this that i'm getting the first one wrong every time i know i think it's a i don't know what to tell you well no i'm 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 not getting you know 100 percent scores anymore and it's okay that just shows the people that (laughs) we we are all fallible (laughs) oh oh yes it is, uh, and it is real, yes. Yes. Um, no. So, no. It's Bethel is there's Park. There's a mine in Bethel Park? Well, there, there was. So, uh, Park of Bethel's. <laughs> Coverdale Mine was located along the Montour Railroad between Library Junction and Brightwood. Um, the mine was serviced by the Pittsburgh and West Virginia Railway, and before that, the West Side Belt Railroad. Geologically speaking, you know how I love to speak that way. The mine was located on the McMurray Sink Line or Underground Valley where the easy to reach Pittsburgh coal seam was 340 <laughs> feet beneath the surface. Okay. And what's interesting, the seam at the co- at Coverdale could have been up to eight feet thick. Hmm. And of course that Pittsburgh coal seam, right? The, oh, um, the- at one time was the most yeah. abundant in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't know that? Did I say of course? Uh Oh, that's from episodes way back. I used to say that all the time during this. Uh Like, of course. Of course. No, I just brought that back. I'm so sorry. The Pittsburgh coal seam. I mean, right? Right. Um, But, so yeah. And in 1922, the Coverdale Mine Complex was considered state of the art because of its modern electrical system, hoisting equipment, and coal processing system that were all installed. And the mine operated... Until 1947. Of course it did. <laughs> okay. I Everyone knows that. <laughs> Who doesn't know that? Who doesn't know that? Well, now we all know. Yeah. Um, we're going to go to number two. Hmm. Yeah, we are. Early in its development, this neighborhood was laid out as an ortho... <laughs> Orthopedic? <laughs> Orthodontic? Orthodontal. No, orthodontal. No. What? Early in its development. Sure. This neighborhood was laid out as an orthogonal grid with a central diamond or town square serving as a corral and parking area for wagon horses and cattle for much of the 19th century. 
So before we have another arboretum issue, I think it's orthogonal. No! No, it's no, it's orthogonal. Orthogonal. <laughs> well, no, I know you don't say orthogonal. I meant that's how you spell it. <laughs> oh. I was just, I meant there's an O there. Sure. I will check the pronunciation. I was in the spelling bee at one time, you know. Sure. No one would ever know it. Okay. Ligonier. <laughs> Hooray! Does it even matter anymore? I don't even know what the statement was. Ligoner. <laughs> now, I do know that this orthogonal... Um, orthogonal, maybe. <laughs> Like, I do horizontal. see what you mean. <laughs> Listeners, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have tears. I'm laughing so hard right now. I have tears. Now I understand what you're saying. Um, that type of grid. <laughs> Which one? I do know that it means at right angles, if okay. you're curious. Aww. So I know that. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, well, I... I'm just going to keep talking. Um, so, this diamond, if you're curious, uh, was a typical central Pennsylvanian town plan and most likely came from the 1682 Holmes plan for Philadelphia. So, that was like the first one. But unlike the plan for Philly, where it was intended to have a governmental building in the square, these plans that popped up um, in central Pennsylvania a lot and, and of course a little to the west mm -hmm. um, they historically contained a farmer's market and a space for hitching wagons during market day and then mm -hmm. these places um, later became either a park space or just large open intersections for vehicles and it wasn't until 1894 that Ligonier joined the trend of the city beautiful movement that mm -hmm. promoted beautified civic spaces and so the town recast its diamond square as a public park with lamps, sidewalks, landscaping, and a bandstand. That's, of course, that's what they did. I can't, I, <laughs> I, I can add nothing to this one. No, nor <laughs> should you. Ligonier, love it. Okay, we're going to go number three. Uh-huh. Your third and final. Oh, it, it's going to go one of two ways. <laughs> The featured family in the NBC hit series, This Is Us, resided in this neighborhood where series creator Dan Fogelman lived until he was seven years old. Bethel Park. Woohoo! Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> yes, Bethel Park. This is Yens. This is Yens. So it was on NBC for six seasons, uh, and there were many references to and shots of Pittsburgh throughout the series, although, strangely enough, they never shot any of it here. Huh. And I say strange because, as we know, a lot of films and TV shows are shot, are here. shot here. Sure. Uh, but anywho. Um, there were many terrible towels in it. Oh, there's one. I'm going to give that example right now. Oh, my so, goodness. And, in fact, in one episode, there was a character who did say they lived in Bethel Park. So at one point that was mentioned. Mm -hmm. But um, so a lot of references to Pittsburgh and a lot of them had to do with the Steelers. So I'm actually going to mention a couple here because football season is just about <gasps> upon us. And right around the corner. Yeah. So I think it's only, okay. So in the very first scene of the pilot, the character Jack appears wearing only a terrible towel. Scandalous. Right. So that's one. I'm, I'm having fun with this one. I'm just letting you know. Mm. Um, in the third season premiere, it was finally revealed how Jack and Rebecca met. Uh -huh. And coincidentally, it was on the night of the Immaculate Reception. No. So, this famous and controversial football play occurred uh -huh. on December 23rd, 1972. Uh -huh. This is when the Steelers faced the Oakland Raiders at Three Rivers Stadium. But, the I want to give the Raiders. I want to give a little background for our folks, and also, you know why? This is. Are the... you going to tell the personal story? No, oh. actually, I think I'm going to save that for an upcoming episode. Okay. But this is the 50 year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Let's all take a moment. And so I'm. We're going to take a second, or <laughs> I'll just keep talking. <laughs> uh, let's give a little background on it. So. 
The game was 1972, but backing up a little bit, up to this point, and because there are some folks who may not realize this, the Steelers were not good mm. for a few decades. They just weren't a good football team. Mm-hmm. But then they acquired players like Terry Bradshaw, Mel Blunt, Jack Ham, all future Hall of Famers, of Frank, course. Go Franco, Franco. And in 1972, they got Franco Harris out of Penn State University. And we are. Penn State. And in 1972... Franco would win not just Rookie of the Year that year, but the hearts of thousands of Yinzers. Um, and my mom actually included. Franco yeah. was her absolute favorite. Yeah. And to the point where local fans, Al Vento and Tony Stagno, formed Franco's, Franco's Italian, Italian Army. Army. And this was to cheer Harris on. Harris being the product of an African-American father and an Italian-American mother. And if you're not familiar, at home games... Franco's Italian Army would wear World War II helmet liners. They drank Italian wine from goblets and feasted on homemade Italian cuisine in the stands. Mm. Can't do that anymore. No. Okay, and so now it's just giving a little more backstory. So the the Steelers, on the cusp of clinching their first playoff appearance since 1947, they had to win in California. So they're there to play the Chargers, and they're getting ready for the game. Myron Cope... Our legendary sportscaster. Yoy and double yoy. <laughs> the inventor of. The terrible towel. Was dining with colleagues in an upscale restaurant in Palm Springs and in walks Frank Sinatra. <gasps> and so Cope apparently quickly wrote a note on a cocktail napkin to give to Sinatra. And as Cope later retold it, what he wrote, he said, he wrote, quote, We are a bunch of newspaper and Steelers front office bums out here with the Steelers. I'm sure you heard of Franco's Italian Army. I hope I'm not disturbing you, but I would like to invite you to practice tomorrow to induct you as a one-star general. Sinatra accepted (gasps) and did show up, and they had a little ceremony. So now we're back to December 23rd, 1972, just a few weeks later. Uh Three River Stadium, the first round of the playoffs, because the Steelers had beaten the Chargers and made it in. Yes. It's the fourth quarter. The Raiders are ahead, 7-6. to six. Uh-huh. Steelers have the ball. Fourth and 10 uh, from our own 40-yard line. I think 20... even, I even forgot that part that was fourth and 10. Mm-hmm. 22 seconds left. Yes. No timeouts. This is it. Uh-huh. Last chance. And what happens next makes history. On Oakland's 35-yard line, a Raiders defensive back crashes into Steelers running back Frenchy Fuqua, apparently hitting the football, which ricochets toward Franco Harris, who catches it just inches from the turf. Franco runs down the sideline for a 60-yard touchdown. Pittsburgh wins 13-7. to <laughs> Can't make now, this stuff up, folks. You cannot. So, it is a controversial call because, now they did call up to the press box, there was no instant replay right. at this time, and officials kept the original touchdown call. Now, controversial because if the ball hit Fuqua last, the touchdown would have been an incomplete pass, and the touchdown would have been no good. But that's not what they called. So it was a win. Yay. And in the Steelers' locker room after the game, a telegram was delivered to Franco Harris. It said, Go Steelers, go. Signed. Colonel Francis Sinatra. (laughs) Bring it full circle. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. 50 years ago. Wow. And Don, much like that history-making play, you are two for three. I am two for three. I thank you for your time today. I thank you for your time. Signed, one-star general, (laughs) Donald DiGiulio. The junior. See you next time. (laughs) Of course you will. (laughs) (laughs) My. And on that note, we will be bringing this episode, episode 66, to a close. I am your host. Tressa Glover. Huge thanks again to Kelly Sanders and Monica Yope of Love Pittsburgh. Listeners, please do check out their brick and mortar shops. 
in the Strip District downtown on Mount Washington. But of course, they're online as well at lovepittsburghshop.com. All this info is in our show notes. And huge thanks also to Lindsay from Victory Farms. Please do be sure if you haven't yet checked them out at victoryfarmspa.com. And thank you for listening and for being part of our Yins Are Good community. We have some exciting announcements coming up, so please do stay tuned for those either here or please do follow us on Instagram at Yins Are Good or on Facebook at Yins Are Good. I wish you a happy and healthy week ahead. And until next time, my friends, be safe, be kind, be good. Special thanks to David Mitchell, Don DiGiulio, and as always, for our fabulous artwork, Mike Rubino. 